0: The views expressed on Teacher vision are those of the interviewee and interviewer and do not represent screenless allies as a whole. Each sold separately, batteries not included, adults assembly required, and other disclaimers on television you've heard all the time apply here as well. Hello there, and welcome to Teach-A-Vision, where everyone has a different vision of learning. My name is still Jose Brasenho, welcoming you to episode 5 of the podcast. Before we start with the episode, I would like to just say thank you to everyone that has been listening to the podcast. The ones that have been sharing with their friends on social media, to the ones that find our podcast just by searching for it. Which, well, right now, not that many people do that. In fact, none at all. However you found the podcast, thank you for your support. We really appreciate it and hope that we do not disappoint in any content we upload. We're also welcome to feedback, any suggestions, anytime, time, as long as they're not profanity words like, and, and, but we really hope you enjoy Teach a Vision. Alright, with the thank you out of the way, let's start with episode number 5. We're going to move a little bit away from the Texas Panhandle this time around. We're going to talk to a teacher of the visually impaired from Abilene, Texas. This is Sherry Lyon. On this episode, we're going to learn about how she got started in the teaching field and what encouraged her to be a teacher of the visually impaired, along with a bit of a success story involving some food. All this and more on episode number five of Teach-A-Vision. Well, Miss Sherry, again, thank you so much for being here on this podcast. Let's go ahead and begin. So why don't you begin by telling us a little bit about yourself so that way we can get to know you a little better.
1: I've been a TVI now. This is my 18th year. Before I became a TVI, I taught early childhood education at one of the junior colleges here in town. And then I worked for early childhood intervention for several years before that, both in Texas and in North Dakota. I'm married and I've got two daughters and I've got three grandbabies.
0: Oh, it's definitely going to be nice being a grandmother to three grandbabies, correct?
1: It's pretty fun, yeah, especially when, because I've got two twin grandsons.
0: Oh, cool. So are you able to differentiate between the two?
1: They don't look alike. They're not identical. But they're busy. Very, very busy. All three of them.
0: I can imagine. I definitely can imagine. So what made you want to go into the teaching field in general? Did you enjoy playing school as a kid or what made you say, you know what? I'd like to become a teacher
1: when I grow up. I think I wanted to make learning fun for kids because I know growing up myself, I had some really cool teachers and I had some teachers that, you know, probably could have taught differently and made things a little bit more enjoyable. So when I teach I like to try to make it fun as much as possible. So I like kids to have a good time. Because to me, if you're stressed, you're not learning. So it it needs to be a positive, fun experience when you can make it that way.
0: Okay. And we'll definitely get to how things were made fun for blind or visually impaired a little bit later. So you said you worked in early childhood development. So did you work with uh, toddlers or infants or what was that area of expertise?
1: I worked with infants and toddlers. That was my specialty when I started out.
0: Oh, yeah, you definitely had to have a lot of patience, especially if you have the crying infant slacks, toddlers around, right? <laughs> I can't imagine that being too easy at that point.
1: Well, sometimes you do run into that. Yes, that's true. So
0: can you tell me about what led you, because, I mean, you were teaching early child development. Can you tell me what made you want to become a teacher of the visually impaired?
1: I was teaching a special education class to my early childhood students at junior college. And one of the ladies I had come and talked to my students was from one of our region centers, and she was a TBI. And I got to know her a little bit, and she convinced me to go ahead and start my training. And I interviewed for a job in the area, and I got it. And it just kind of went from there. Like I said, this has been my 18th year doing it.
0: So what in that presentation that that person was doing in your class made you go, you know what, I really, really want to become a TVI because, you know, a lot of people don't have the patience to work with blind or visually impaired students. That's actually the truth. You can't lie, right? It just takes that special person. So what in that presentation stood out for you to motivate you to really work hard on being a teacher of the visually impaired?
1: I would say probably a little bit of the cane use and then maybe just her explaining a little bit about Braille and seeing it. I thought that was pretty interesting.
0: So you probably can relate when I tell you the first thing that people think when they see Braille, and you probably thought the same thing too, was that you called it the cool little dots, right?
1: They are cool little dots, but yes, yes. Was pretty, pretty curious about it.
0: All right. So once you became a TVI, I assume that you were able to integrate what you learned in your early child development days and integrated that with blind and visually impaired infants slash toddlers, correct?
1: Development goes across the board. It's not just learning to use your hands to read dots. You have to start at the very beginning. And that may be even just getting a child to move. My last little one wanted to just lay on his back and really not do anything. He wasn't comfortable sitting up. And I've had several babies that I've worked with like that. So just getting them to move a lot of times is the first step. And then I would also say it's not even just the development of the child, it's also trying to establish trust and a good relationship with that child and also the family. Because the interesting thing with TVIs, especially if that TVI tends to stay at a school district or an area for any length of time, you tend to follow that baby from the time it's first identified all the way up through the years. In school. So like I said, I've got one that I started with years and years ago that just graduated not too long ago. And now I've got a seventh grader and I've got a kindergartner. So it's interesting. You don't just do second grade and you're done and you get another group of kids. So you tend to follow these kids all the way through. So it's important to build that relationship.
0: Okay. So you said a little while ago too, that family is very important in the student's development. So would you say that the correlation between family and TVI would be a 50-50 in regards to helping the student succeed? Or how would you balance that correlation?
1: I would say it's probably fluid. I don't know. You can say it's a straight 50%. I mean, I think it just kind of goes back and forth. There are a lot of things that parents can teach their little ones at home. And some parents are more involved Than others. I've had one child that was raised with grandparents that he just didn't get a lot of hands on at home. And so that was a definite challenge. And then I've got another one that I've worked with where his family is definitely hands on. I mean, he's making grilled cheese sandwiches by himself, he's doing laundry, he's emptying the dishwasher, he's vacuuming, he's helping fold clothes, he's out riding his bike. I mean, they're very, very hands on. And then you get into the school situation, there's a lot of responsibility there for the tbi because it's not just learning to read and write and do math but you know sometimes there's things like tying shoes and identifying money organizational skills technology so i mean i think it's just a very fluid process as far as what the family's like how much they're involved where the child is in their learning you know developmentally just kind of depends on the family it depends on the child it's just fluid
0: definitely makes sense Definitely makes a lot of sense. I really appreciate you sharing that. And by the way, after we were done recording this interview, I actually got me a grilled cheese sandwich just because I actually craved one after she mentioned the grilled cheese sandwich. (laughs) Thank you for joining us for episode number five of Teach-A-Vision. Stay tuned for episode number six, where we will discuss Miss Sherry's teaching style plus some gummy bears. In the meantime, check out our website at screenlessallies.com. S-C-R-E-E-N-L-E-S-S-A-L-L-I-E-S.com. All one word. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash screenlessalliesofficial. Send us an email, info at screenlessallies.com. We hope you enjoyed episode five, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.